Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane. Back to bring you some more spooky, scary, thrilling stories. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Haunted Collection. Before we get started with the ep- with the stories of the episode, I just want to invite you to myhaunteddolls.com, my website, where you can shop the bookstore and purchase autographed copies of my published books. There are ghost stories and supernatural novels and nonfiction books about some of the haunted items that I've collected over the years. Ten years I've been collecting, so there are many stories there to tell. It is now December and Christmas time, so if you're looking to shop for Christmas for that paranormal lover in your life, be sure to check out the shop. And also there, you can follow the link to my Redbubble store to buy clothes and accessories with the My Haunted Dolls logo and also for items with this show's logo on it. There are t-shirts, hats, and other clothing accessories. There's even dresses and skirts. There are tablet covers and accessories for your phones, pet accessories like uh, food mats and handkerchiefs for your little dog. There are also home accessories and Even posters and things to hang on your wall out there. Pillows, bed covers, shower curtains, just all kinds of things you wouldn't imagine. So please be sure to go out there and shop and show your support. Because we do need it. We'd like to increase our traffic flow in the shop. And Christmas is the perfect time to do that. Also, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls. Subscribe and watch the videos. I have videos of my experiments with the haunted items in my collection and other investigations out there, so be sure to check that out. And now let's get on with our stories tonight, which, if you've guessed by the title of this episode, these stories are about ghosts found along the highways. And this episode has just a misogyny of different stories throughout the years of ghosts that have been seen on roadways and highways. And some of these are very famous. You'll definitely recognize them. So let's go ahead and get started with famous highway ghosts. Late on a rainy, dreary Saturday evening in December, Jim Hamilton found himself driving down a deserted road north of Chicago. He was returning from a business trip that had been much longer than he had expected, and he was exhausted. It was an effort just to keep his eyes open on the road. Then his headlights 
picked up something white and fluttering alongside the road up ahead. At first, he thought it was just a trick of his tired eyes. But as he drew closer, he could make out the figure of a girl wearing a long white dress. She was standing there in the rain, trying to hitch a ride. Tired as he was, there was no way Jim could possibly ignore such a pathetic-looking creature. He stopped the car just a few feet from the hitchhiker, and as she walked up to the window, he got a good look at her. She could not have been more than 16 or 17 years old. Her hair was drenched and hung limply over her face, and she looked miserable, though it was clear that she could be quite pretty under better conditions. Worst of all, her thin, white party dress was completely inadequate for the weather. She was shivering visibly. This is a bad place to try to get a ride, particularly at a time of night like this, said Jim. I know, she replied quietly. I feel as if I've been standing here forever. Jim asked the girl where she was going, and she gave him an address on the northwest side of Chicago. Jim told her she was lucky because he had to go right by that area and would be able to drop her off at her front door. The girl asked Jim if he would mind if she got into the back seat of the car and lay down for a nap, as she was very tired. That was fine with him, so she climbed into the back seat of Jim's two-door Chevy. She thanked him again and then apparently curled up on the back seat to sleep because he heard nothing more from her. Naturally, Jim was curious as to why the girl was standing out on a deserted road in the middle of a rainy night, but she did not seem anxious to talk about her predicament, and he did not want to pry. I'll just do my good deed and go home, he thought. It was about 30 miles from the spot where Jim had picked up the girl to the address in the city that she had given him. He had no trouble finding the place. He pulled up in front of a modest brick house. I guess this is it, he said. You're probably glad to get home. There was no response from the back seat. Uh, this is the place, isn't it? He said more loudly, but still no response. Jim turned and looked at the back seat. It was empty. Quickly, Jim went over the events in his mind. He had picked up the girl, and she got in the back seat of a two-door car. There was no way possible that anyone could have gotten out of the car, yet she was gone. 
For a moment, Jim toyed with the idea of simply driving away and trying to forget the whole thing. But this was a mystery he could not ignore. Slowly and reluctantly, he got out of the car and went up to the front door of the brick house. He rang the bell and waited, a bit apprehensively. After a few seconds, a light inside was switched on, and he heard footsteps coming toward the door. When the door opened, a middle-aged couple who had obviously just gotten out of bed stared out at him. Yes, what is it? said the man. For a moment, Jim did not know what to say. Uh, look, I'm really sorry to wake you up at this time of night, but about the girl who lives here. Jim was unable to finish, for the couple stared at him with a mixture of anger and horror. We live here alone, said the man. No girl lives here. Well, I must have made some sort of mistake, said Jim. He was about to turn and leave when he saw a framed photograph on the wall behind the couple. The face was bright, smiling, and very pretty, but it was without a doubt the face of the hitchhiking girl in the white dress. That girl, the girl in the photograph on the wall, that's who I'm talking about. The woman screamed, and the man clenched his fist as if he were about to hit Jim. I don't know what you're doing, young man, he growled. That's a picture of our daughter. She was killed in an automobile accident about 30 miles north of here, exactly one year ago. You may have heard a story or something very similar to it before. It's called The Phantom Hitchhiker. And it is without a doubt the most famous and widely told ghost story in America. Perhaps in the world even. No one knows where or how this story began or how much truth there may be behind it. All we do know is that a lot of people have believed in hitchhiking ghosts and have for a long time. There are a tremendous number of variations of the Phantom Hitchhiker story from many countries. Chicago even has a more famous hitchhiking ghost called Resurrection Mary. And there are other ghosts just as famous out there. And here are just a few in these next stories. This one goes back to the days when freight was hauled by teams of horses pulling large wagons. The men who drove such wagons were called Teamsters. That name has carried over to the modern freight hauler even to the truck driver. 
There was a teamster who hauled freight along the back roads of upstate New York. He was known as a tremendous fellow, afraid of neither man, beast, nor even the devil. Night or day, it made no difference to him. On one particularly nasty stormy night, he was hauling a load and had to stop for a moment. A man emerged from the darkness and climbed up on the wagon beside him. The stranger never said a word. He just sat there. The big teamster was not frightened. He was just puzzled. He looked over at the stranger to see whether he should kick him off the wagon, but he couldn't see much because it was very dark. And the man had his hat pulled down and his coat collar turned up. The teamster decided that this was no place for a fight, so the two of them drove on for about a mile, neither saying a word. Then, quite suddenly, the stranger fell over sideways off the wagon like a sack. The teamster went up to a nearby farmhouse, and he and the farmer searched the dark road with lanterns, looking for this strange man. But they couldn't find any trace of him. The whole incident would have been forgotten were it not for the fact that three months later, the big teamster was found lying dead at the side of the road. His neck had been broken, and it was the exact spot where the stranger had fallen from the wagon. So was this strange apparition foreshadowing the teamster's death? We may never know. Another story from about the same time concerns a laborer everyone called Red. Red had to walk about four miles from his home to the place where he was working. Often while walking along the road, Red was overtaken by a man driving an old-fashioned buggy. Sometimes the two would exchange a few words, and then the buggy would drive off. One night, when it was raining very hard, the buggy driver offered to give Red a lift. It was an offer that Red gratefully accepted. That evening, the buggy driver seemed to be unusually quiet. Red tried to start a conversation, but got no response. The driver had his face buried deep in his upturned coat collar. When he finally did turn and face Red, the sight was shocking. The driver's eyes were greenish and glowed with an unnatural light, and his skin was pale with the pallor of death. Oh, what's wrong? exclaimed Red. Are you sick? The driver said nothing. He just stared at Red, and as he did, his face began to change and gave off an unearthly glow. 
Then the driver just disappeared. The horse became frightened and excited and bolted. It was all Red could do to get the buggy under control. He was finally able to stop the runaway horse and got out of the buggy. The moment his foot touched the ground, the driver reappeared right there in the buggy and drove off, leaving Red in confusion. Here's another tale that is about a hundred years old. A couple of farmers were driving down the road in their wagon when they spotted a boy sitting on a milestone at the crossroads. The boy came up to the wagon and asked the farmers if they were heading for the village. They assured him they were. He then asked them if they would take a message to his parents, as he would not be able to get home as quickly as expected. The farmers said that they would, so the boy gave them the message and the address. As they started down the road, one of the farmers looked back. The crossroad was wide open. There was no possible hiding place. And yet, the boy seemingly had disappeared. The farmers were puzzled but did not think much of it until later. In town, they found the address that they had been given and knocked on the door. A woman answered, Does the Torcelli family live here? One of the farmers asked. Uh, Yes, I am Mrs. Torcelli, the woman said. We have a message from your son. At the sound of that, the woman's face turned ashen and she rushed back into the house. A few seconds later, her husband appeared and began to yell at the farmers about cruel, practical jokes. The farmers were completely taken aback. They thought they were doing the family a favor by delivering a message. They protested that they meant no harm, and when the man had calmed a bit, they gave him the message that the boy had given to them. The message was, The documents you have been searching for are in the top drawer of the bureau. You have already looked in the drawer, but you neglected to check under the paper at the bottom of the drawer. Mr. Torselli looked suspicious, but he went back into the house. A moment later, there was a shout, and he returned waving some papers in his hand. He was very apologetic and tried to explain. Six months earlier, his son had been killed in an accident at the crossroads. In the despair and confusion caused by the death, Mr. Torselli had misplaced the deed for some family property and someone else claimed the property. The Torcelli family had practically torn the house apart without success until the farmers delivered that message.
In the next story, a woman named Eleanor Tabori was driving home late one night. The road was deserted and the weather was beginning to turn nasty. She glanced down at her gas gauge and the needle was quivering on empty. She knew she was low on gas, but she did not figure that she was that low. There probably would not be a gas station open at this time of night, but she consoled herself with the thought that it was only a few more miles before she was home, and there was always a little gas in the tank, even when it registered empty. She would probably have enough gas to make it, possibly, probably. As she came over the hill, her headlights picked up the figure of a man standing at the side of the road. He was wearing a long gray overcoat and had his thumb stuck out. As she drew nearer, Eleanor got a closer look at the man. He had a vacant, almost crazed expression on his square, unshaven face. Eleanor, who thought it was dangerous to pick up hitchhikers anyway, certainly was not about to give a lift to anyone who looked like that, particularly in the middle of the night. The man in the gray coat caught Eleanor's eye as she drove past. It was a chilling glance, and she was glad when he was out of sight. But as Eleanor came over the top of another hill, she saw another figure standing at the side of the road. As she drew closer, she had a sickening realization. This was not another hitchhiker. It was exactly the same man she had seen just a mile or so back. There was no way he could possibly have gotten ahead of her, yet there he was, and he was staring directly at her. His lips were drawn back from his teeth in a hideous smile. Eleanor pressed the accelerator to the floor and swept on past him in a surge of power. As she glanced down at the gas gauge, the needle gave a slight shudder and came to rest just below empty. Oh, please, it isn't far now. There must be some gas left. There must be, she thought to herself. Eleanor's car climbed another hill, and it felt like it was slowing down, as if it were running out of gas, though that may have been Eleanor's frantic imagination. As she came over the rest of the hill, she was afraid to look over to the side of the road, but she had to. There was the man in the gray coat once again. This time, there had been a change. Before, he had been sticking his thumb out. His hand was still extended, but now he seemed to be holding something. As she got closer, Eleanor realized that it was a knife in his hand, 
a large knife. Now the car really was slowing down. Eleanor could feel it, and the engine was sputtering as if starved for fuel. She was close to home. If the car could only make it over the next hill, she could actually coast right into her own driveway. And then she would be safe. But would the car make it? The sheriff found Eleanor's body slumped over the wheel of the car. Later on, she had been stabbed to death. The sheriff figured she had picked up a hitchhiker who killed her. It was strange that there was no sign of robbery, but needless to say, the murderer was never apprehended. A much expanded on and slightly different version of this story was featured in Creepshow 2 in the story of the hitchhiker. So be sure to check that out if you have not seen that movie yet. And in the final story, there were two salesmen who were driving along a country road when they spotted a most unusual hitchhiker. She was a very respectable-looking middle-aged lady. Though they didn't usually pick up hitchhikers, they stopped to pick up this one because it just it felt okay. The hitchhiker chatted amiably about the weather and other inoffensive topics. She was so perfectly respectable-looking and sounding that the salesman did not feel right about asking her why she was hitchhiking. They drove along for a couple of miles until the woman said, I get out of the crossroads right up ahead. As she departed, she thanked the salesman for the ride and quite unexpectedly said, Within an hour you'll have a dead man in your car. She then walked off rapidly, leaving behind two stunned and speechless salesmen. They continued their journey. About 45 minutes later, they saw a lot of flashing red lights. The lights belonged to a couple of police cars and an ambulance. There had been a horrible multi-vehicle accident with several serious injuries. The police stopped the salesman's car and explained that there had been so many injuries that they needed help in getting people to the hospital. Could they possibly take someone? The salesman had no choice but to agree. The police helped one of the victims who did not appear to be badly injured, into the car. But as it turned out, the man was far more badly injured than he looked. And indeed, he died on his way to the hospital, inside their car, as the salesman knew that he would.
hope you enjoyed these creepy and macabre little stories of ghostly hitchhikers and spirits dwelling on the side of roadways throughout history. And I'll have more of these in upcoming episodes. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode and just bid you a very pleasant evening. If you're driving while you're listening to this, and especially if it's nighttime, or what the hey, even in the daytime, and you spot a hitchhiker on the side of the road, just be leery because you never know who or what you might be picking up. And so I bid you adieu, and I wish you a happy and safe night or day. Be sure to keep those windows safe and locked and those doors as well. Check under the closets and beds. But by all means, please have a happy haunting. (laughs) 